It is Monday, June 26th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. College World Series deciding game tonight. And is there a deal brewing in the NBA? Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Florida wins a squeaker over LSU, forcing a winner-take-all game today. The Timberwolves give backup center a three-year, $42 million deal, a precursor of a move to come. Yeah, plenty of moves to talk about in the NBA. We'll start with the... College World Series. Oh, that squeaker you talked about? Yeah. 24 to 4. This is bounce back spot for Florida. It's Well, yeah, they uh, clearly they bounced back hard. This is where RJ would say, do you think it's funny when you just lie? Like when I called it a squeaker. <laughs> yeah. say, it's funny just, to just lie? No, uh, it was a blowout in every sense of the word. Florida 24, LSU 4. And, I mean, it was... LSU scored in the first inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida came back in the in the top of the second, hit a home run to tie it. LSU scored again in the second. It's like, oh boy, it's gonna be back and forth, three to one going into the third. Ooh, that was about the end of uh, the success for LSU yesterday. As Florida went on to score six one zero five two four five. In the third through the ninth innings. Sounds like you're reading the Powerball numbers. Yeah. Uh, and blow them out. And it brings up the discussion of what do they do tonight on the bump. And Scott and I, McKenzie, you're going to have to be the voice of reason here. Because Scott and I uh, differ on our opinions. Well, here's my opinion. LSU has the best pitcher in college baseball in Paul Skeens. He is going to be the second overall pick in the upcoming Major League Baseball Amateur draft, second only to his teammate Dylan Cruz, who is the you know projected number one overall pick, and he has shut down everybody he has faced, not just in the College World Series, but this entire ser- this entire season, and especially in the College World Series where he led LSU to the victory over Wake Forest in order to get in to the championship series. The problem. Since, let's go back to June 17th, he's thrown 243 pitches. He's thrown at least 120 in games against Tennessee and against Wake Forest. And he pitched against Wake Forest on June 22nd. This is now June 26th. And he threw 120 pitches in eight innings. Yeah. AJ says, not available. He's not available to me. I say... Don't start the kid, but he's got to pull like a Madison Bumgarner, and he's got to come out of the bullpen. Randy Johnson, yeah. three wins, he's, one series. He's got he's got to pitch. I, Scott doesn't like to talk about that series. No, <laughs> never happened. I cannot lose the national championship with my best arm who could throw like, I don't know, 30, 40 pitches, because this would be like a normal side session day. This is three days rest. Maybe a throw normal a side, side session. Who throws a side session after they throw 123 pitches? I don't know. It's what Champions. pitchers do to stay sharp. <laughs> I can't. Im- Can you imagine LSU losing the national championship game and he doesn't take the mound? 
he's taken the mound three times in Omaha. Like somebody else, how about step up and win us a game? If you're, if this team is a national championship team, like you've got a national championship roster, right? It's not one guy, is it? Like somebody else, step up and give this guy a break. The the draft, the Major League Baseball draft is next month. Mm-hmm. You said this guy's set to be the second pick in the draft. Yes. Life-changing, generational money. Yes. I saw a guy on the Minnesota Twins, his arm almost fell off over the weekend. De Leon? I mean, just mm-hmm. he, and throwing warm-up pitches. And I'm pretty sure he didn't throw 123 pitches his last time out. It's such a big risk. These elbow injuries happen. so, And I know Skeens is like a tank. Uh, it, like I know uh-huh. he's just this massive dude, and but he's, he's built for it. But I, I, I feel like he could, he might have done it already, but he could pitch himself into being the number one pick. Like the Pirates have the number one pick, and they might look at this College World Series and see like this kid's fight, and say, you know what, that's the guy I want to sign. I want to tie to my franchise. And what's smart about that is, a lot of Pirates pitchers go on to be successful after they sign their second contract outside of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Cole, Tyler Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow, yeah. It's like all the top prospects they get go on and have success somewhere else. I, I, I get it, and I'm sure like the, it would be a, a little bump in money to go number one instead of number two. If some, like it, it, To me, it boils down to do you want a pitcher or an outfielder? Because if you want a pitcher, you know who you're taking. You want an mm-hmm. outfielder, you know who you're taking. But like I don't know that he can do anything more that would say, yeah, we want that. Yeah. Like clearly, he's the best pitcher in college baseball. If you want a pitcher, you take him. Him going out and and risking his health, you know, a month before the draft. After he's listen, he's done a lot for this team. He's done everything. He he's given his all. Like someone else, please step up and don't allow 24 runs today. Head coach Jay Johnson said uh, LSU has a process to go through before they determine the availability for Paul Skeens and other pitchers as well for this game coming up tonight. I You can't start him, obviously. I'm not asking you to start him. Plus, I also think that early on in the game, the shadows might come into play in the in the ballpark, and you might not need your elite starting pitcher because it might be low scoring yeah. for the first couple of innings. But I think if it's a close game, fifth, sixth inning, you bring him in, or dare I say, bring him in to close the game. Pitch the eighth and the ninth. Otani style. You got a one-run lead in the eighth inning? You're telling me that Jay Johnson, manager Jay Johnson, is not sitting there in the LSU dugout with a 5-4 lead in in the uh, seventh inning, thinking, I got Skeen sitting out in the bullpen, and this kid's been asking me to pitch, and I need to get six outs to win the national championship. You don't think he's picking up that phone and he's saying, "Hey, start warming up." Yeah, I mean, he probably is. I just don't think it's a good idea. And I also think, like, considering this is the you know this is the first year that they've had the pitch clock, like you're already taxing these dudes, like mm-hmm. having them work fast. We've talked before about big pitchers, you know, working fast, being tougher on them than than anybody. I, it just doesn't seem like a right idea to me. I mean, listen, if they win it and he stays healthy, then yeah, we were right. If this dude gets hurt, like not only does it hurt him, I think it really puts a stain on LSU mm-hmm. and the fact that they were they they prioritized something other than their players' health. So uh, here's the exact quote 
from Jay Johnson, because this was the same thing when they asked him about uh, Skeen's availability earlier in the series. Quote, as I talked about last time, <laughs> so he was getting angry, <laughs> we do a okay. process to figure out figure that out, which doesn't take place until day of the game. I mean, you're going on game eight in 10 days, so we have to be mindful of all of that. Skeen's 12-2 and two this season, a 1.69 ERA, 203 strikeouts, that's a record, in 122 and two-thirds innings. LSU tonight, a minus 140 favorite that over makes me, Florida. That makes me think that they they realize he's going to be throwing. And the rules are if you throw over 110 pitches, you have to, you can't pitch for three days. So he's legally within yeah, the, the limit. Uh, but this is... Like, because otherwise you can't say that that line makes sense. Otherwise, right? Like they they got beat by a million runs today. Mm-hmm. The, clearly, the momentum's with Florida right now. You win a game by twenty runs, you're you're feeling pretty confident. But somehow LSU is a favorite when these were, they were pick them going into the series, right? So that tells me, just like in the Wake Forest game, yeah. Skeens is going to throw. Yep, uh, Florida is expected to give the ball to Jack Caglione. Uh, seven and three this year. Three point six eight ERA started on Wednesday and beat TCU. The game that sent Florida to the final. Uh, also hit two home runs yesterday, uh, <laughs> playing first base for the Gators. He's like he's there. He's a Gator Shohei Otani. Yeah. He's, uh, so he's he's uh, he's impressive himself. So it'll, you know, it should be a fun game no matter what. I'm interested to see how LSU plays it. I'm interested to see what they do with Skeens. But I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna go under. Under nine. Big balls play after twenty eight go up. Yeah, but in the first game it was four to three. Yeah, and and that was you know the the the, game, the tone setting game right. So LSU wins four three. I think the blowout aside, I think you got to go under here now. McKenzie has interesting numbers on major league baseball teams after they score twenty runs. Tell us about it, Mac. Yeah, since two thousand two, those teams are minus one thirty five favorites on average, but they've lost. 17 of 30 games, you're down nine units if you're betting them. You're up eight units if you're fading a team like the Angels over the weekend that scored 20-plus runs. I was going to say, yeah, we saw the Angels assault the Rockies on Saturday. Well, that's what made me think about it. And then, because, and then they lose. Nothing. So, By the way, I read that on uh, pregame.com slash news. So oh, there you go. Does Flo- did Florida did Florida waste all the runs here in the in, in a game two win? You know, they could have won the game 5-4. It would have had the same exact result. They still have to play tonight. Yeah. 24 to 4 or 5 to 4, you still have to play a game tonight and yep. win. So uh, I lean LSU. I think Skeens is going to pitch out of the bullpen. And I like the under. I think this is going to be a, a pressure filled situation. Maybe Tommy Tanks with another walk, with not a walk off because they're the away team, but maybe, you know, with a big uh, hit or something. But I will, I'll say LSU as the minus 140 favorite makes sense. I believe Skeens will pitch maybe two innings. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't – when I say I don't think he should pitch, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying because I do think they're going to find a way to force him out there and throw something. And You'll just have your arms crossed like – I will. I'll be going, oh, man. Selfish. Oh, man. Christian Adams did have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> but, listen, I, I hope the kid – I hope he gets a chance to succeed and I hope he stays healthy. That's all I'll say. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? 
is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. It's a big hit by Swanson that's going all the way back. Is it going to get over the wall? It is. It's into the bullpen. And that might be the exclamation point on a great Chicago Cubs victory here in London tonight. A long bomb from Dansby Swanson. Two-run homer. And the Cubs lead the Cardinals 9-1. That was the sounds of Major League Baseball in London Don't this like weekend. It. Don't like it one bit. <laughs> Sounds like a soccer match, It does. Right? It bothers me. Uh, I, th- I thought it was cool. It was the first time uh, Major League Baseball was in London since the Yankees and Red Sox played that series in which they scored 50 runs in two games. Uh, and they made some tweaks, Major League Baseball, to the second incarnation of the London series was the Cubs and the Cardinals over the weekend. They played two games Saturday and Sunday with the Cubbies taking game one of the London series by a nine, one score and then go figure, make all the fans happy, right? Cardinals take the game two of the series seven, five. So everybody that went out there, Cardinals, Cubs fans, whatever, everyone's happy. Everyone's Everyone's a winner. I took (laughs) the, the, the sports books last time. This series was in London when the Yankees and Red Sox played. They uh, really underestimated the ballpark and the situation. The totals, although higher than normal Major League Baseball totals, not nearly as high for the amount of home runs and runs that the Yankees and Red Sox scored. So this was like uh, the Mexico City thing where I was able to get like a theme here. I got over 10 and a half and then it closed at like 14. Yes. Yes. So last time in 2019 or whatever, when the Yankees and Red Sox played totals were around there, 13 or so, whatever, but it still shot up high. I said they scored 50 runs in two games and they blasted home run after home run after home run. So here's what Major League Baseball did. And you could say that back then that was like the whole juiced ball year. And you're like, oh, juiced balls. Plus, it was a tiny band box with the dimensions of the ballpark. They tweaked it this year, playing at West Ham United's uh, soccer stadium. Football, as they call it over there. Footy. They, pulled, they uh, pushed the fences back a little bit. So they expanded the ballpark. But they also decreased foul territory, which I thought was going to lead to, you know, more balls in play and, you know, maybe more foul balls. Not not a lot of outs, like no yeah. outs, no easy outs or cheap, cheapo outs. The over for the total for game one was 13 and a half. Cubs did their part scoring nine runs. Cardinals did not finished nine one 13 and a half. It went under nine one. Game two, naturally, an overreaction by the sportsbook. They dropped the total to 11 and a half. Mm. Final score, Cardinals seven, 
Cubs five. <laughs> Math. That's 12. That's 12. Now, if you got a 12, you pushed. But if you were playing the over, you obviously wanted the best number out there. So you took the over 11 and a half and you won. But if you were playing an under, maybe you would have been better off taking the 12 because then you pushed. But I just think that as Major League Baseball continues and they scored four, there were seven runs scored in the first two innings. The fact that this only ended up with 12 yeah. was like a, like a, a bad beat for over 12 betters or whatnot. But I think if Major League Baseball is going to continue to do these uh, international games, series, not just international, even like the Field of Dreams ones, like they announced that they're going to do a Field of Dreams game at, in like Alabama, I think, at one of the other um, one of the old Negro League stadiums. Okay, that's what they announced that's going to happen um, coming in the future. So they have the ones in Iowa at the actual Field of Dreams site. But I think they're doing another one now that they're announcing that's going to be played uh, at the site of a former uh, Negro League stadium. If Major League Baseball continues to do this, the sports books are going to keep inflating the totals because it's the public sentiment out there. The public already wants to bet overs. We know that. But everyone thinks, oh, they're trying to market the game, right? How do you market the game? Throw in some juiced baseballs. Everyone likes home runs. Everyone likes runs being scored. I also think, though, that from a pure gameplay like, per, like, like an analysis, pitchers aren't comfortable on mounds they're not used to. Players aren't, you know, necessarily comfortable with sight lines they're not used to. Fielders aren't comfortable in ballparks with dimensions and walls that they're not used to. If the fences are, you know, shorter, if the uh, pitchers aren't comfortable, I think it leads to runs. It's not just about juice baseballs and, and conspiracy and wanting to get more runs to, to so the fans buy in. I just think the conditions lead to more runs. So I think well, when— But then how do you explain game one going under? Like so there were far ten under. runs scored. It would have been over every. It would have been over any other major, league, any other location for that game. The total it goes over. Right, but what's it? What was the total? Thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Which I, I mean, thought so it was it's a, still it was an overreaction. That's what I'm saying. Why? Like, well, you're saying even if they stop juicing the baseballs, allegedly, yeah, there might be a reason to look at overs, or the there's going to be higher scoring games anyway. Like, yes, I'm with you. But, I certainly want to look at overs typically, but it has to be reasonable because the, you need to make sure the book doesn't overreact. The book overreacted to the London series from the Yankees and Red Sox. They set the total for the Cardinals and Cubs at 13 and a half. And then in game two, they lowered it to 11 and a half, two runs lower. It's not, and I guess, okay, you had to. So they don't know. So that means opportunity. Exactly. So I think if they say, oh, you know what? We were wrong on the 13 and a half. Maybe we should make this 10 and a half. Well, then you go over. But if they say, hey, you know what? There were 10 runs scored. We were like three runs off. But then game two was 12 runs. They might set a total again at 13, 13 yeah. and a half, depending on who's playing. I just think there's ways to take advantage of the totals because the, the sportsbook directors, the guys who make these odds, they don't know. They don't know what's going to happen in these ballparks because there's no sure. data. The, we have the historical data for the London series now because now we have two separate series. We have data now for Mexico City. We have data for Iowa, right, and Field of Dreams. But do we have data for 
the the games that are going to be played. Brickwood Field in Alabama? Exactly, at Brickwood Field. I mean, yeah, you could look at minor league teams, but no. We don't have data for major league games that are played there. So I think that there's definitely advantages to look at specifically with totals when it comes to these games that are played outside of traditional major league ballparks. When's the next time that's going to happen? This uh, The Negro League Stadium, when, when is that? Uh, it just says 2024. That's 2024. The, New York Times reported that. Yeah, there's no more this year. There's no Field of Dreams game this year because they're doing construction to, I guess, make like make it the ballpark around where the field like make it suitable so that they can keep doing this every year to play in a cornfield every year yeah pretty much yeah so paris 2025 that's happening it's official is it yep mlb in paris you think that works no i know right it's not england mlb in Paris. at least there's cricket in england yeah that makes sense and we heard the british announcers like what's gonna happen with like french announcers i don't know you ever watch like a psg game like what what does that sound like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can I Uppity. can say no. I've not. I've You've not. never watched a no person Jamal. No, you never no. watched a PSG game. No. Wow. Wow. Were you shocked first, by first, this? First, like Leon. No. <laughs> no. No. Good guess. That's a good one. Is that Marseille. Is it Leon or that's another soccer team? All right, well, let's talk about what else went down in Major League Baseball yesterday. So we talked about the London series over the weekend. Uh, but how about the embarrassment that was the New York Mets? The New York Mets beating the Phillies 6-3 going into the eighth inning when Philadelphia sent 10 batters to the plate in the eighth inning, scoring four runs, AJ. The only thing. Hey, when that happens. They only had one hit. Oh, Yep. That's a bad way to go out. Three walks, two hit by pitches, <laughs> and one reach on error. Mm. Ten batters, four runs. They beat the Mets seven to six. And I love Buck Showalter. I thought he was the right man for the job. You know, last season he came in and he turned this Mets organization around. But something about Steve Cohen, the billionaire owner, just spending all the money in the world to to buy Matt, you know, buy Justin Verlander and have Max Scherzer and to, and to put together this team. They have an attitude, or they have some sort of I don't know comfort level, whatever it is. It just doesn't seem like there's any fight in this team. And I thought Buck was the guy that was going to bring it out of him, and he did last year, but this year, absolutely nothing. They're 35 and 42. Mackenzie, do we have odds on the Mets to make or miss the playoffs? Because this was a team that was favored to win 94 games this year. They have a 24% chance for 538 to make the playoffs. And what's the odds? The yes on the Mets is plus 280. The no's minus 330. Minus 330 to miss the playoffs. Damn. This was one of the favorites to win the National yeah. League. I mean, listen, there's. You, you counted a lot on aging arms. Your plan going into the season was Verlander, Scherzer, and Carlos Carrasco in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a rookie as another one of your starters in the rotation. The, the veterans haven't pulled their weight, certainly not for the money that they're making. So that's, that's you know, it, you could put up a lot of blame on the manager, but at some point players got to play. Or sure. The GM made bad choices. Like you, you shouldn't have paid Justin Verlander money like he was thirty-five years old because mm-hmm. he's not thirty-five years old. Like it, those are choices that Buck Showalter maybe had nothing to do with. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the team that the Mets had 
last season and you're thinking, well, they could have spent the money that they spent this offseason or they could have maybe kept Chris Bassett, maybe kept Taiwan Walker. And, you know, Edwin Diaz goes down. Oh, Jacob DeGrom also. But he's hurt, so he doesn't count. But when Edwin Diaz went down before the season started in the World Baseball Classic, I honestly think that a lot of Mets players lost their faith in this season. Remember how fun last season was for the Mets? Every time Edwin Diaz came out, Timmy Trumpets, you know, and everyone went crazy. It was was all over the Internet. It was like the best thing in Major League Baseball. You know what's fun about baseball? Winning games. Yeah. Uh, it's never as fun when you do all the trumpet shit and, and then you lose. Like It's not fun. So. Minus 330 to miss the playoffs, and that's with an extra wild card team. That's unbelievable. Uh, Mets will host the Brewers tonight with Justin Verlander on the hill. Colin Ray goes for the Brewers. The Mets are minus 190. Verlander's 2-4 and four this year with a 4.5 ERA. Do you want to lay this number no. with the Mets? No. No, I'm not laying big numbers with the Mets at this point. No, they're they're especially after that game last night. Like when you when you lose in that fashion, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows what to what kind of effort to expect from them now? They say momentum's only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. And Justin Verlander, I've noticed a pattern. So you guys ready to talk about pattern recognition? Yeah, I like this. This is what we do like in the stock market, right? You you recognize patterns? Key to sports betting. Is that pattern recognition? I think so. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's do the Justin Verlander graph, if you will. And we'll start on May 10th, second start of the season. Verlander, seven innings, only one run allowed. That's good. That's great. Pattern, good. His his (laughs) His very next start against the Tampa Bay Rays. Five innings, six runs. Ooh, pattern bad. Pattern bad. Who was that first Even game number. against? The Reds. Okay. okay. P- play against bad team? Win. Sure. All right, all right. Play okay. against the best team? Forget about lose. It's all right. Okay. Okay. We'll file it away. His next start. Eight innings, one run. Who's good. the opponent? Cleveland. Pattern good. Sure, sure, sure. Sure. His start, sure. His start after that, five innings, six runs pattern against Colorado. Bad. Ooh. Even. Even worse. Oh, Pop. at Colorado? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can maybe put an asterisk on it. Okay, okay. His next start, six innings, one run against Toronto. That's good again. Pattern good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I figured out the pattern. All right, his start after that, (laughs) three innings, five runs. That's good. That's bad. That's bad. Pattern bad. But then his start after that. Hold on. Let me guess. Six innings, one run. Good. That's good. I guess good. <laughs> Why didn't you let him guess? And then, and then, and then I'm his, guessing it's bad now. And then his next start this after that. This one will that, be bad. Which was his most recent start, seven innings, four runs. That's okay. That's First five bad. innings, Mets okay. for the limit. They That's lost. what you're telling me. All right, got you. So, Justin Verlander has either only allowed one run or gets lit up, but it alternates every other game. Interesting. This is what we call pattern recognition. You know, Verlander on you know the what mound. the Mets should do when he's up for a bad pattern day? Yeah. They should skip his start. No, yeah. no it wouldn't but work that way. it wouldn't work. He has to throw at least one pitch. Yeah, because... But what if it's every five days <laughs> and not every other, like, it, every true. five days? You have to ask, like, the voodoo mm-hmm. people. Yeah, uh, that's true. Maybe he's so. just built to throw one good game every ten days now. That's, that. you know, that could be it. But anyway. He's up. I he's up. He's due for the good start. I'm going to say that Verlander only allows 
one run Ooh. tonight against the Brewers. Okay. Bold prediction. That yeah. is a bold prediction. Elsewhere tonight, it's going to be Cole Irvin on the hill for the Orioles as they are minus 140 favorites at home against the Cincinnati Reds and Brandon Williamson. The Reds, who had their winning streak snapped by the Losers. Braves on Saturday. Stopped at 12, And then right? lost again on Sunday. So that's the whole fade the team after they have the winning streak snapped, and then they lose again. Yeah. So do they pick themselves back up, or do they – continue the losing ways here against the Orioles. That's the question you have to ask yourself. Baltimore, minus 140 favorites. Of those Braves who did take two of three against the Reds will send Spencer Strider to the mound tonight. He's good. As a minus 210 favorite at home against the Twins and Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray as a $2 dog? At home? No, in Atlanta. In Atlanta. Ooh, that's a tough call, You can get man. plus 175 on Sonny Gray right What is now. the total on that game? It's got to be. Eight and a half. That feels high, doesn't it? The Braves rake. Man. The Twins don't. Yeah, that's true. Sonny Gray splits this year. Eh, good both ways. Home yeah. 2.29, road 3. Yeah. ERA. Good on the road, great at home. Yeah. So what's the comeback on Gray? Plus 175. That's He's not bad. played a... Wow, he's played, is this right, 250 games, 257 games in the MLB? Does that sound about right? He's been around yeah, for a so long time. This is probably his 10th year in the league. He's been a plus 170 dog greater greater than a plus 175 dog one time in 250 games. It's going to be twice after this one. Wow. And it's all because of Spencer Strider, who bounced back, I must say, very nicely in his last start. Remember, he got rocked. Two starts in a row, and then against the Phillies, he only allows one run in six innings. You know so. what's even more fascinating about the stat that you just gave? Am I am I wrong? Sonny Gray spent most of his career in Oakland. Yeah, but they were good. They were they were they were they, making the playoffs. They used okay, to play baseball in Oakland. Yeah. And before he was in Minnesota, was he not in Cincinnati? Yeah. Don't try to tell me they were good too. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's yeah. That, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, he's a good pitcher. Uh, yeah, very good. The Tigers are at the Rangers. Matthew Boyd goes for Detroit. Andrew Haney for Texas. Rangers are a minus 205 favorite. White Sox are at the Angels. The Angels, who scored 25 runs in like three innings on Saturday, lose to the Rockies on Sunday. They actually lost two out of three games. They scored. This is probably the most incredible stat you'll ever see. They scored... 32 runs in three games and lost two of them. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, possible. Because, <laughs> because you scored 25 yeah. in one of them. Manage, manage your bankroll better, boys. Right? Tell Florida. Manage your bankroll. Save some of those. Is right. Uh, Angels minus 135 tonight with Reed Detmers on the mound. Dylan Cease goes for the White Sox. I like Dylan Cease as a dog. Dylan Cease as a dog. And then the Nationals are at the Mariners. Seattle minus 267 with Luis Castillo on the mound against Trevor Williams for D.C. So a lot of heavy favorites tonight with Seattle, Texas, Atlanta, north of $2. The Mets right there at minus 190. There is no Sunday night fade as both the Dodgers and the Astros are off today. There was an interesting story in the NBA on Sunday that I think guys might lead to a bigger story. And now hear me out here. The Timberwolves agree 
to a three-year, $42 million deal with Nas Reed. I don't think seven out of 10 NBA fans know who Nas Reed is. Now, the diehards do. McKenzie knows who he is. AJ, I think I, you know him from college. I know him from college. I, yeah. couldn't have, I couldn't have told you what NBA team he played for. Yeah. I, I know him as a guy who got a bag from Will Wade at LSU. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. And there Will Wade doesn't work there <laughs> yeah. anymore, so you can put the pieces together. I, I'm, you know. <laughs> well, NIL now. NIL. We're okay. <laughs> That's true. NIL. Anyway, Nas Reed gets a three-year, $42 million deal from the Timberwolves. He's a backup center. This is the the lead story, or was at least last night, the lead story on ESPN's NBA page and on the front page of ESPN.com. Now, why would the Timberwolves signing a backup center to a decent money deal be a relevant story? I think it's because it's going, it's a precursor to another move. First off, Mackenzie, tell me a little bit about Nasrid. Uh, reminds me of Kenneth Fareed, energy guy. Not really someone that uh, is going to do you do have too much of an upside. You know, isn't going to be a scorer for you, but a guy that rolls to the basket. You know, just an efficient post player. Can he play on the court with Rudy Gobert? He could, but it wouldn't be ideal in the way the modern NBA is played. Uh, so it's the third center in a team with Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert already. Uh, it's definitely intriguing why they would make this investment. He's the hundred third highest paid now player in the league. Uh, right there with Steven Adams. It's funny you say it's not ideal for him to be on the floor with Rudy Gobert. It would be ideal for him to be on the floor with Carl Anthony Towns, right? Yeah, it, like, yeah, right. It, this Rudy Gobert two can shoot. This mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert trade has to go down as like one of the biggest bonehead deals in the history of the NBA. Like there has to be no more I agree. great regret than what the Timberwolves did here. Especially, I agree, especially since he started COVID. <laughs> and I think it's telling for five years, like the NBA nerdologists would say Rudy Gobert is the most valuable player that you're not recognizing. He's a top 10 player. John Hollinger said he's an MVP candidate. And I'm like, he's just the only good defensive player on a team with no good defensive players. That doesn't mean he's not really valuable, especially to that team. But in the context of a different team, if you put Ben Wallace on the Lakers, he might not even play. You know, sometimes his role gives you those incredible metrics rather than actually being this Otherworldly, Robert Williams last year on the Celtics versus extremely valuable, but he's he's a he's a guy for a spot on a team, not a guy that you pay for. But also in a system under Ime Udoka's system, defensive player of the year candidate, true, great player under you know their current situation with Missoula, not so much. Barely sees the court. I'll tell you who's looking pretty valuable right now is Walker Kessler, uh, who was a throw-in in in that trade. Just a better version, (laughs) a better younger version. I mean, a younger, cheaper version. I shouldn't say that. Rudy Gobert reached some pretty high highs as far as you know defensive dominance, but but where they're at right now, it's very similar where they are right now, and you can get them for half the price. So when I say this is a precursor, I say because I think Carl Anthony Towns is getting traded. Okay. And I don't think that ESPN makes this a story unless there's an agent pushing it, unless somebody behind the scenes is saying, hey, let's make it known that the Timberwolves are giving the money to their third string center. And Kat was immediately trending on Twitter once the story dropped. Exactly. And I think think this is calculated. Someone once told me when it comes to uh, the NFL, this conversation happened specifically about around the NFL draft. And uh, this person who is well-connected, a former scout in the league and, and has worked with players and agents and whatnot, said, anything you hear is because somebody somewhere 
wants you to hear it. And when I see the front page of ESPN.com, Nas Reed gets a three-year, $42 million deal, I think it's because somebody wants us to read that. Otherwise, a transaction like this gets buried. A transaction like this, like, I'm sorry, there's been a, a ton of transactions in the NBA over the past week or so that we have never heard of. No doubt. Like, uh, can we just look down the list? R.J. Hampton, waived by Detroit. Mike Conley, fully guaranteed $24.36 million salary picked up. Wait, that's more than $14 million a year. That sure, sure. Derrick Rose declined his $15.6 million club option by the Knicks. I actually read that yesterday. So. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, that's Derrick Rose, so okay. he's a former MVP. But did you read about Mike Conley getting his money I did, guaranteed? I did not. No. Mike Conley's like a more relevant player than Nas Reed. Yeah. Same team. Yes. <laughs> Same team. But Nas Reed is the number one story online. Why? It's because Carl Anthony Towns is getting traded. Because they want people to see this. And now pe- now somebody out there, some agent out, someone is going to pick up the phone and call Minnesota and say, hey, I was uh, reviewing your finances and, you know, just doing my due diligence. I seen you gave Nas Reed $42 million. Where does Carl Anthony Towns fit in here to your ledger and, you know, with the whole Rudy Gobert thing? What, 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 what are you looking for? So Carl Anthony Towns is 27. The Blazers have a problem with their timeline where their best player is 33, and then they have three exciting prospects that are all under 24. That makes sense to me. The money works. I don't know if Damian Lillard wants to go to Minnesota, but he doesn't have a no-trade clause. And if Stephen A. Smith is right when he says the Damian Lillard era ended when they picked Scott, Scoot Henderson at three – that, that, makes, that makes sense to me. That makes the Blazers better in the near and long term. You can build around a new point guard in Scoot Henderson. I'll say that, and it, it, makes sense for, it makes sense for Minnesota as well. So yeah. instead of having this glut of bigs, you've got maybe the best backcourt in the NBA. Uh, yeah. With him and Anthony, with Dame and Anthony Edwards. Punch. I mean, it's hard to get much better than that. So maybe, that's a, maybe that is a good, uh, a good spot for both guys. I got odds on Damian Lillard's next team. Minnesota Timberwolves not listed. That's how they get you. If he goes to any of these other teams, they're just going to scoop all these bets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right now, the Miami Heat plus uh, or even money for uh, Damian Lillard. Brooklyn Nets plus 300. Raptors plus 400. Knicks 5-1. to one. The Heat were minus 250 this weekend when Jimmy Butler uh, Instagrammed a, a video of Damian Lillard's mm-hmm. song that he was banging. But uh, I guess the excitement wore off here on even money now. <laughs> it's wild what moves markets. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Damian Lillard was listening to Miami from Will Smith. First of all, why is anyone still playing that right now? <laughs> yeah, let's stop. Not that good of a song, no. first of all. Bienvenido 30 years old. Bienvenido a Miami. <laughs> Everybody's listening. It's a banger. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a dope know, beat, I gotta say. Still, I just pu- I pulled that up on my iPod just now so we could hear it. It still slaps, as the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> That's the latest on the Timberwolves and Carl Anthony Towns. The other NBA story I wanted to mention, and maybe, I don't know, does this sway your opinion on the rookie of the year odds? Did you guys see the picture of Victor Wembenyama with Spurs legends, including... His Majesty, David Robinson. Well, the Majesty. Admiral. Yeah. He was an American soldier. He's not a... Well, we were talking about Harry and Meghan during the break, and we were getting all royalty and stuff. But anyway, uh, okay. did you guys see that picture? Yeah. Wemben Yana, he, 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 makes, he makes David Robinson look small. I mean, maybe he's shrunk at 60, 65, or whatever he is. Tim Duncan, though, 
was playing pretty recently in the league, and he looked like six inches shorter than that like guy. literally. Like this guy is a freak. When I, I knew he was tall and big, and like when you see him on the court, it's like whatever. But when you see him standing next to a bunch of seven footers, and he towers over them, Wembenyama now minus two twenty five to be rookie of the year. Do you think the odds moved a little bit after the picture comes out? We knew he was tall. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't like misappropriate. Did that change? Like, no, we knew he, we knew he was. I don't know. It's just not the. It's a little a little different when you actually see the picture next to some of the so Spurs legends. Kevin Durant was the only other player in our recorded uh, sports betting history to be a minus money rookie of the year favorite. But it makes sense because uh, Greg Oden wasn't going to be there. He got hurt really early. Mm-hmm. This is a really crowded class of rookies. I don't think the odds reflect that. Yeah, I've Scoot only, Henderson and Chet Holmgren could either. I've said win. Chet Holmgren a plus four fifty is the best bet. That's what I really think. Just because, you know, like I told AJ a bunch of times, he's had a whole year in an NBA organization. That knowledge is, yeah. you can't even measure that. Not only that, he was like the co-favorite to be the rookie of the year last year. Yeah. So, like, clearly he's the kind of player who it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could be that. All right, we got some Wemby bets on DraftKings. You ready for him? Ready. Spurs, 35 or more regular season wins plus 200. I bet, I'm betting I can't bet the no on on these bets. No, yeah, no. just because that's right. the right bet. Minus 300 on the no would have been the right bet. Here we go. Wembenyama, Wembenyama to score 40 points in any game, plus 300. I saw that. I saw this bet. Do you think he can get I, it? I feel like it's cheap. Yes, I feel like he definitely can. He's going to be gunning 80 games, 70 games, however many he plays. There's no real incentive for him not to, you know, get a shooting streak, streak right. All right, season parlays, Wembenyama parlays, 20 points per game, two blocks per game. Can he average that for the season? Plus 185. The two blocks I'd be more confident in. Uh, two, two blocks is almost a given in my opinion. Like okay. he, he is a, a, a defensive. Can he average 20 points a game? It's a lot of points. Yeah, it could be eighteen. Could be nine. rookie. It's, rookies generally don't play up to where they're gonna be in a couple of years. Yeah. So for me, it's just watching his his Euro film. It's a lot easier to see the defensive upside mm-hmm. because, like, you see the way or he just cuts. just stand there and hold your hands up. Well, you see the way he cuts to like he cuts to like he cuts through lanes. Mm-hmm. And he gets to the basket. He he's he's everywhere. The the offensive game, I don't know how well it translates immediately. I agree with Mac. Like I like if you said in, in year three, I'd rather I'd rather say he'll average twenty five a game in year three than twenty in year one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I guess so. It's like crazy because like especially because he plays for the Spurs. You know, yeah. doing it the right way, passing. Oh, uh, like jump shots. You don't think that he's going to be like the only scoring option and just getting like dunks and layups and you know playing that uh that high percentage game. Ever heard of a guy named Devin Vessel? Keldon Johnson? <laughs> Probably not. Jeremy Sohan? Well, for more on Wembenyama and his odds to win Rookie of the Year, you can go to pregame.com slash news. Is that the link, McKenzie? Slash story slash news. Slash story Double slash check, news. Yeah. But just go to the website. Go to pregame.com. Right, it's right there. Hit news. We got a news section with incredible articles on the latest sports betting headlines all around the world of sports. And while you're there, sign up and become a pregame.com member. It's free, and new members get $25 to spend on anything you'd like, whether it's a daily best bet, maybe a season-long subscription package, uh, seven-day all-access, a weekender all-access, anything you like at pregame.com. We even have discounts going on right now for, like, football season coming up in a few months. You can also go to the forums. Maybe 
have your handicapping ideas, you know, surveyed by the community of sports betting, sports bettors on pregame.com. Check it out. Love that contest as well. It's a great website. Check it out, pregame.com. And when you uh, sign up and become a member, then you have not only do you get your $25, but then you have access to use our promo codes to then take discounts off of anything you purchase on the website, like a seven-day all-access or a weekend or all-access or a daily best bet, a game of the year, a game of the month, anything at pregame.com. For our listeners, we're going to give you 20% off. Use the promo code PRIZE20. That's your prize for listening to this show. 20% off at pregame.com. PRIZE20. Good for members of pregame.com and you, the listeners of SOV. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.